0: Hello and welcome to The Drop on the Stab Podcast feed. My name is Danny Johnson. This week on the show, we're going to catch up with Brennan Buckley, Stab's editor-in-chief, like we do every week, and talk about the latest news in surf. We're going to start it off by talking about why surfers stopped hating bodyboarders. And we've got a soundbite from Stab journalist Ali Klinkenberg there, how Joel Tudor got his ultimate wish, an interview with Mick Fanning on Flood's family and who he wants to surf against at Bells. That's right, Mick got the wild card. We're going to talk about the drive through, Ollie Henry's new edit, We'll then finish with a good old-fashioned surf scene.
1: I know, I know. And hey, just while we're bouncing around, I got to say, I'm mad at Kelly Slater right
0: now. Why? What's he got? What's he done?
1: Last week, we were talking about the the Oscars and how he should have a meltdown. And when that happened all this week with Will Smith, I was so angry. I was like, that should have been our guy.
0: It was so easy. He didn't even need to pull his pants down like you suggested. All he had to do was... I mean, he would have, it would have been, I don't know. You see, like Chris Rock didn't fight back when it was Will Smith, former actor that's played Muhammad Ali, obviously done some training. But if Kelly walks up to Chris Rock, I, I think that's a brawl. I think he's going to fight back. So yeah, it's a, it's, it could have been a very different outcome. I don't know, man. I think Kelly's got him. And when you think about it,
1: the joke was all about hair, right? Guess who doesn't have hair? Kelly Slater. I don't oh, know how, yes. why he didn't take
0: offense. It's, it's a pretty weird thing. I got to say, it's for someone of, what's her name? Will Smith's wife?
1: Jada or Jada? I don't know how to pronounce words.
0: For someone of her fortune and both monetary fortune and then just life circumstance given the, the life she lives. And she looks fucking great bald. I'm so surprised that she found a way to be offended by You know, so what if she's got an autoimmune disease? Like, that's hardly like a blip on the glory that is her life. I think she looks, I'm into chicks with shaved heads. Yeah. And that's
1: why I'm confused about Kelly. Like, he's been going that, he's been dealing with that for what, decades now. And he's just sitting there in the audience or maybe backstage just taking it. I just, I think Mm. that could have been him having the meltdown.
0: Huge missed opportunity. Huge, huge.
1: It's upsetting, really. Shame. Anyway, you want to talk about some surf news, Danny? Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about surfing. Surfing, mister. Top story this week. When did we decide to stop mindlessly hating bodyboarders? Danny, you were a bodyboarder at one point. When did you decide to stop mindlessly hating yourself? Or have you done that yet?
0: (laughs) I was a bodyboarder, Buck. Are you someone that would judge bodyboarders? Just out of interest. Do you think you're better than me because I wrote a bodyboard?
1: No, you know what? This piece made me think, though, because like, there's obviously been over the years, like lately the villains have been subs and then foils. Right. And when you think about those things, like they're obvious, they're obvious in the way that they throw the lineup off. Potentially. Like when you have somebody like sweeping into a wave from way out the back on a 12 foot four inch board, like, yeah, that's, that's something that's going to draw a lot of attention, potentially be dangerous and really throw off like the hierarchy, everything about the lineup foil, kind of same thing. If somebody's just coming into the zone with a knife, uh, from way out to sea with zuckerberg then yeah it's like it really throws things off whereas bodyboarders they've just been doing their thing floating around like everybody else out there just probably going on heavier waves i don't think i ever was a bug hater i think i always i grew up where you'd see some and i think it was always kind of understood that like you know they're just trying to get tube like everybody else
0: yeah i always find that found that quite funny when i was young and there would be those generic slurs that surfers would say to bodyboarders, like, oh, you dick dragger and whatever else. And I was just like, fucking hell, say something original. But I always just look back at them and think, because we had a couple of waves, these slabs around where I lived, and you can't actually ride surfboards out there. Like a few people have tried, um, very few have managed to do it successfully. They're just really suited to a bodyboard. And I would just always be thinking, like, I've been, I've seen things and been so pitted, uh, in ways that you'll never be and it just felt like this weird disconnect where they would, they would be rinsing us for riding a bodyboard but yet we were having so much more fun and what I imagine to be so much more fun when these waves would break. Of course then the problem with a bodyboard though is that you kind of need those waves for them to be relevant mm. because as soon as you're in waves where there's less push – you don't have the option to like generate speed, you know. So there's no there's no compression or extension of the legs where you can pump and generate speed. You have to rely entirely on the wave, and so it can look a little pathetic in in weaker waves.
1: I saw a guy at T Street, which I don't know if you ever served T Street. I hope not. Uh, I hope I never. <laughs> which one's there again. T Street again? It's the one. It's in San Clemente. It's like uh, right near the pier. It's a it's a bit of a hub. Like there's usually about. 300 children out there with seven stickers on their board apiece. Right. And I it's, saw- like a,
0: it's like a, babe, a pro surfing farm. Yeah. Like a fish farm, but little pro surfer fishies.
1: If exactly. And if it's like not good enough to go down to lowers or whatever, it's like kind of the the hub for San Clemente. And it's like, it's a super fun wave actually. I'm not going to lie, but it is probably has its day, but for the most part, it's pretty soft. And I remember seeing a bug out there one day and it was exactly what you're saying. It just kind of looked weird. It's like a, It was like a slow, kind of like longish wave that day. And it just kind of looked bizarre. But I think I do think places where you have those heavy waves, I think, are the places where it's always kind of made more sense and where, you
0: know, you see more of it. And
1: yeah, it's just kind of interesting.
0: You know, you know what else? I, I feel like having done both now that getting barreled feels way better on a bodyboard because you're kind of wrapped in it and you're much more a part of the wave face. Like sometimes you can get that feeling on your backhand if the wave's got enough push and it's it's not racing away where you can kind of just sit there and lean against it. But the feeling of just being completely wrapped and, and actually part of the wave a little more, you can just feel the wave way more than you can on a surfboard. I think that feeling's pretty, pretty good.
1: Yeah, and it's something that you see a lot of, Pro surfers, especially Australians, chasing now. Like, like I remember when we did the pickup in Hawaii this year, we did a thing with Harry Bryan right when he landed and he packed a bug. And you yeah. see clips of like Noah and Creed, especially Noah. It seems like he's
0: almost like 50 50 these days on the bug and he's getting good too. He's got some tricks. If I run into Noah, it's never, he's never like, oh, check out these waves I've been getting. And he's standing up. It's always – he's all he wants to do is show me his bodyboarding <laughs> clips that he's got. <laughs> it's so good. It's a, he's actually releasing a book with Phil Gallagher. Phil Gallagher is a photographer that was originally from the bodyboarding world and they hang out a lot and they've just been traveling around to what are essentially – have been always traditionally considered like bodyboard waves and they've just been shooting uh, for the last couple of years and now they've com- c- compiled – all these images in this incredible, classy, fucking amazing book that's kind of documented this period of Noah's life and it's just set to come out in a couple of weeks and when when Phil showed me that book, I, I realized, oh, fuck, this, this obsession with bodyboarding that Noah's got and like, like he said, like he's actually fucking good at it, has completely dictated this last little period of his life because it's, it's the only waves he wants to surf and, and the only people he wants to hang out with are bodyboarders. And then, yeah, it's the same with um, yeah all the other guys that you mentioned, like Harry Wade. Creed's got a, his own pro model with drag, the Speed dragger. <laughs> great name, great name. <laughs> it's so good. Am I? Yeah, bodyboarding is is hardly uh, hated it anymore, is it?
1: Am I wrong to think that is it like just a really just incorrect generalization to think that like there's less ego in, in bodyboarding, like, like. For some reason, I feel like they're just a bit more approachable, especially you got just like some waves, especially heavier, more secret waves that like a crew surfs and you're more, in my head right now, I'm thinking you're more likely to get staunched out there. Is that correct, you think? Yeah.
0: No, I totally, it's, bodyboarding is a genuine counterculture, like surfing is so mainstream. And I think there really is an element where whenever there's this common enemy, then you tend to get along a little bit more. Like if you say, for example, humans, we all fight, but if there was dinosaurs or aliens trying to kill us, then we would probably band together a little bit more. And I think for bodyboarders, they came through this era, or I should say we came through this era, it, where you know body surfers hated you. So like you had they were surfers were the, the dinosaurs or the aliens trying to kill us. So we had this like common enemy. So there was definitely a bond there. Plus you like when you're in a minority like that, there's such fewer so so many fewer body borders that you kinda tend to tend to have less to fight about, more to bond together.
1: Yeah. Even like I met some of the guys here randomly that are just full bug crew and they've been so nice. And even just like saying, hey this wave will probably work tomorrow and like probably the type of wave where like you wouldn't blame something for keeping it a bit hush hush. Like I don't think it's a wave that like is super well known or easy to find and they've just been like fucking awesome in a way that like I don't feel, I feel like servers are just more guarded almost. I don't know. and Maybe I'm just, uh, you know, romanticizing about bugs in my head, but I love it. Do you it.
0: think we'll feel the same way about foil surfers in 20 years when that cycles back around the foil, foil foilers are actually all right uh, that that mark zuckerberg guy not so bad you know if if zuck just goes
1: and packs one at like cape Salander, then maybe that that's what it'll take because you know there's that thing going around now where you claim to surf like 15 foot waves or something okay. i mean so it's like if i'm gonna go out in like yeah a 15 foot wave go out like, big then well then it's like, alright, I'll make sure we have the right safety gear and like yeah. make sure that I'm like used to <laughs> that spot. I think that uh I would respect him if he just goes and packs one at, like a serious slab on a foil. That's all it takes. And then I'll just I'll I'll do whatever. They like, have all my data. Um, make me depressed. Do whatever you want with me, Zuck. As long as you pack a wave at ours, then you're good with me.
0: Yeah, you're good with Bach, and then there could also be an even greater consequence in that you slice your own head off and the world will probably be a better place
1: a much happier place yeah well you know what we're, we're not we're not just problems guys on here we're solutions guys and i think we just arrived at one are we yeah i mean i was <laughs> on
0: right <laughs> yeah yeah no we're really productive
1: we've actually got a note on this one from the author of the piece when did we decide to stop mindlessly hating body borders quite a title uh, we've got Ali on here to share what he's learned because he talked to a bunch of people. Ben Player seems like the nicest person in the world,
0: or at least he comes off oh that God, way in the interview. F- and- fucking Lord. And he's so incredible to surf with. He's, he's one of those people that you, he, he, will, he will blow your mind regardless of your whatever level of appreciation for bodybuilding you have. He's, he's so skilled. What a name too. What a fucking beautiful name. Yeah, he's a great man.
1: Great man. Ali talked to him for a while, talked to a few more people and let's hear from Ali about how this story went.
2: Morning comrades, it's Alistair Klinkenberg here, um, live and direct from wild and very very woolly woolly and gong. I'm just here to talk to you very briefly about a story I just wrote uh, titled, When Did We Stop Mindlessly Hating Bodyboarders? The story actually kind of came about out of a conversation I had with Kai Lenny, massive name drop. He kind of told me about how growing up on Maui, um, the kind of surfing core kind of ostracized him because um, although he kind of grew up riding a thruster and and kind of doing all the, the regular kind of thrustery things, He also kiteboarded and supped and paddled and did all the other kind of mad stuff he did. Um, And it kind of just got me thinking about, yes, stigma in surfing, I guess, which then kind of led me to thinking about bodyboarding, which is kind of the ultimate, I don't know, I guess, kind of fringy surfing pursuit that for many years we kind of all hated for no real reason so yeah, it kind of got me thinking about bodyboarding and everything that kind of has contributed to surfing over the years and the fact that it's still super underappreciated. Um, so, you know, what you do when you want to talk about bodyboarding? You phone Ben Player. I've had a little bit to do with Ben over the years and he's such a kind of interesting dude to have a chat with. So yeah, I kind of got him to, to walk me through the rise full and kind of, I don't know, acceptance of bodyboarding in surfing. I guess one of the more kind of interesting anecdotes that came out of the story is uh, kind of how trend is is so tied to things being commercially viable. Um, I guess like an interesting takeaway or a specific incident in the in the story is uh, you know Ben's a three-time world champion and and is so influential within his sport, but bodyboarding pretty much shit the bed in the middle of his world his third world title run. Um, the GFC kind of hit and, you know, Ben was on his way to winning. I think there was three contests left and he essentially all the contests got cancelled because all the money just blew up and uh, he just got an email saying you won, uh, which is a pretty dire reward when you kind of devoted your life to something. But yeah, in terms of the whole story, I think it's kind of just interesting to shine a light on, on people who kind of don't adhere to the trends and and just kind of stick at something because they love it. I guess I'm always drawn to the kind of fringes of surfing and, and bodyboarding's just kind of been in the wings for such a long time and is so influential in terms of the waves we surf, like how people surf them. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's like a DIY attitude that, that kind of is lost in surfing a little bit. So yeah, I figure that it, it was time to kind of doff the hat to the bodyboarders and, um, yeah, if you want to hear Ben's story kind of interwoven with kind of what happened with bodyboarding and and where we're at with a kind of inter-surfcraft relations, um, yeah, dive in. Next up, Tudor
1: got his wish. So we're talking about Joel Tudor here. This has been a saga. It's likely you've been following this one for a while. There's been some back and forth between Joel Tudor and the WSL and He's really been pushing for this massive change, and earlier this week, it came to be. The WSL kinda granted what he wanted, and so the big news is that longboarding will now be the new version of the ultimate surfer. Um, This is what Joel's (laughs) been fighting for for a long time. He felt like that was the best way that the sport could be represented, and so now the show, is coming back for season two, and it'll be longboard-focused. He thinks that's the pure representation of the sport, so it's
0: huge news. Wow, that, fuck, imagine if that was true. <laughs> that would be the ultimate, the ultimate booby prize for Joel.
1: Uh, imagine, we can imagine, but unfortunately it's not true. The real news is that the 2022 Longboard World Tour schedule was announced and we've got three events. And- uh, Not one.
0: Not one, three. Not, not two. Not two. Not three, but three events.
1: Three events. We've got Manly Beach in Sydney, the Vans Duct Tape at Hindon Beach, and the World Champs at Malibu. The World Champs, Danny. You ready for it?
0: Yeah, I'm ready for it. What does that mean? So we've got two events in the lead up and then is the third one the, the final or is that just the third event and then whoever's leading the ratings at the end? I'm confused.
1: Best two out of three wins the world title. Oh. And so it's, it's 20 men and 20 women in each event. And I guess that's the top 10 from the 2021 rankings. Seven surfers selected from each region where the events will be held. And then one WSL wildcard and two event wildcards. So uh, I didn't know there's that many competitive longboarders, but apparently there are. And uh, that's the field.
0: And one of them seems, it, one of them is actually going to be a Vans duct tape event, which seems to be the only longboard event that uh, for the for any sort of recent period of time has has been unanimous, unanimously loved by longboarders. I think mm. longboarders have sort of been at war with event organizers and any official tours, but that event, which has never been... Part of the tour has always been loved. It's also never been had points attached. to so I don't think it's been as serious, but one of them is going to be a duct tape.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. And with that too, because I always... Like, the duct tape always seems so cool. They had one here, and I remember a bunch of friends from France came down, and they just said it was the best time ever. Anybody that I've ever talked to that's been to one of those has said it's been a great time. Competitors seem to be having fun. Spectators having fun. Just, like, it didn't really seem like a contest exactly. You know, it just seemed kind of like a party where there happened to be some people surfing in singlets every now and then. And... I, when I think about this and it like becoming more of a tour and getting more serious, I, I can't help but think about like like gay marriage in a way. Remember when that was coming to be and people were like, there's that like kind of recycled joke about like, yeah, let them go through the same misery as everybody else. That's kind of how I feel about the longboarding tour. And it's like, give them a QS. Like make them go through all the, the horrible things of competitive surfing interview mick fanning on floods family and who he wants to surf against at bells the last part of that you may have picked up on mick fanning will be surfing at bells not in the victoria state championships either in the ct event upcoming there on april 10th he's got the wild card how do you feel about it buck makes sense right i mean it's not it's not really surprising like i was having a conversation maybe with mikey about this the other day and like who else would have gotten that wild card? Like maybe Jacob Wilcox, but he's from WA. He's a goofy foot. Like who else? What other kind of Australian rip curl rider would they have given that to? Crosby's name came up. He's not Australian, but Crosby Pinto would probably do some damage at Bells. But I mean, come on. It, it makes sense to give Mick the wild card at Bells. I know he's he retired in 2018. Still, he's surfing really good. I mean, it's not surprising, is it?
0: It's definitely not surprising. I think he can do it. It's a super tactical wave. He's obviously super comfortable there. And the old cliche, he's got nothing to lose. And and then on top of that, all the reports that I've heard from recently is that he's been ripping the absolute shit out of it. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, he came second to Italy in 2018. That's only four years ago. So I think, he's, I think he's in with a good spot. What would you give him odds-wise, Buck? Let's talk betting because that's when we really get an indication because at the time of recording betonline.ag haven't released the odds for Mick in this event yet but what would you give him buck what do you think let's put your money where your mouth is what, what would you what odds would you place him at
1: see that's the hard thing about surf betting for me because it's i wish there was a way to bet on like somebody make the quarters or something somebody get like a pretty good result because to actually win an event is so damn hard and pretty unlikely right but somebody can go further than most people would expect. Like, I'd I'd probably get in on that a lot, betting dogs to get to, like, the quarters or something. I think I'd go that for Mick. I think he's going to be... It'll be interesting to see what they do with it, but I'd say... Oof, maybe 18 to 1?
0: 18 to 1.
1: I don't think I'd take it to win the event, though. I mean, it's just... look In this interview with him, which Taylor Paul did, he doesn't... It's Mick, right? And he's he's as pro as they come, and you know he's going to give it his all, you know he's in good shape, you know he's not going to like blow himself up too much, saying I'm going to come in hot and win and all this. He sounded pretty casual about the whole thing, just like, oh, I was going to go there to commentate, but they offered me the wild card, and you know my partner said, might as well just surf, you're going to be there anyway. It just sounded very just like, you know, not like I'm coming in, I'm focused, and I got to get revenge on Italo for 2018. It's hard to read text, you know, it's hard to like really pick up on tone when you're reading um, especially in an interview sometimes with, with just written word but we do actually, we could pull a little soundbite from the interview to see what the tone of his voice actually is and judge if he's coming hot to kill Italo Ferreira or not
2: um, And then lost to Italo in the next round
3: Fucking Italo, it's got your number I know, I know, but that's cool yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you sort of expected in um, three foot close out beach breaks. <laughs> right, <laughs> so,
2: right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm
1: not too concerned. I mean, do you do you miss competing?
2: Um, no, not really.
1: Did you
0: record this in a Portaloo? He did. Yeah, yeah. I think it's son Because that's ha- that's how it. you would know if he was taking it seriously. If he was trying to replicate Italy's energy for 2018. <laughs> that when he loves doing that yeah
1: that was like that was when he really earned his place in my heart the thing in the port which i knew what you meant it's almost like when you're learning a new language and there's a word that you're like i think i know what this means based off context uh we call it port potty but oh yeah um yeah i mean the the freak out then he got the tattoo he got like a koala holding a bell after that i think which like that was when that whole thing went down i was like this guy is the real deal he is my favorite
0: do you feel like you could win this event oh my to throw that out there do you feel
3: like you're uh, surfing in
0: a place where it could still do that
3: when i decided to to take the wild card I, I started um yeah trying to lose some weight and um trying to get strong and and get the body in a place where it's they're able to do do those things. But look, I, I haven't I haven't competed in a a long time and um, you just never know on where your surfing is, is at until you're actually in a heat against those guys.
0: Going for his Fifth Bell buck. that's a that's a lot of bells. Is that too many bells? It's a lot of bells. I mean I don't know what the standard is
1: with like your average church or something, but it's a lot of bells. You don't mm. really need that many.
0: It's, I'll say it might even be too many. Like if he leaves a window open, his whole house is going to sound like a giant wind chime. Yeah. That's, that's going to wake his fresh little baby up. But you know what's interesting is someone whose name doesn't get mentioned enough. No one's ever won five bells except for Gail Cooper. Do you know how many bells that Gail Cooper has won except for from the 60s and 70s? 11. No, she's 110, <sighs> with, which um, sort of because you said 11 doesn't sound like that many, but it's actually a shitload. And she's almost like, she's almost in that level of of success where you have to almost discount it. Like she's, she's kind of irrelevant. Like, you know, uh, did you watch NBA basketball ever? Here and there, I never got super into it. Yeah, well, there's this one guy from back in the, Many, many years ago, named Wilt Chamberlain, who basically has every single record ever, and he's just ruined basketball because every time they mention anything, they're kind of like, oh, well, he's got 72 records. And so you can hear when NBA commentary mention his name, it's almost like almost with like a slight annoyance in their voice because uh, it it just throws out the context with everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like Kelly might even be remembered in that same way where he's just almost. he's He's so successful it's just like annoying so you just can't even mention it
1: he's got to be i remember like growing up you'd read surf mags and it'd be like is this kid the next kelly slater he had like six world titles or something at the time that's done nobody's saying that anymore nobody's like who's the next kelly slater like that's not a thing anymore (laughs) right it's 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 similar huh
0: yeah he's definitely priced himself out of the conversation because it's just too many he's just he's too much of an anomaly it's like on the graph of success he's He's like an outlier. Yeah. And so is Gail Cooper, apparently. Like, she never gets mentioned. She's got sitting on 10. She's the best bell surfer ever. She's sitting on 10.
1: Yeah. You know, I thought it would have been hilarious there if you just ended up saying Michael Jordan, as if I'd never heard of Michael Jordan before. I mean, I heard of Will Chamberlain, <laughs> too. But like, so there's this player, uh, Michael Jordan. And I said, like, fuck you, Danny. <laughs> I kind of thought you were going to do that. And I was like, really? <laughs> this guy? So anyway, Kelly Slater is the Wilt Chamberlain of... Of surfing is what we're getting at
0: yeah i just i realize i always find a way to bring up kelly slater no matter what we're talking about
1: well that's kind of like it's changing now a bit but i think like maybe like five years ago that was kind of like uh how titling surf articles worked it was just like anything just rope like a shark or kelly slater into it wave pools if you rope that in it'd be a lot like twice three times the amount of clicks too but you just rope him into anything you can and you watch the traffic soar
0: yeah, I always thought that wave pools should have sharks in them, especially Kelly's wave pool. So maybe we can we can find a way to create the ultimate article there. Just because they get too crowded, chuck a couple of sharks in there, evens out the wave pool demand. Yeah.
1: On that note, we've actually got a story coming. I haven't read it yet. Still, interviews are still being conducted, but about how far wave pools will push, like waves of consequence, mm. like. Just the photo that we're using as a reference is one of, it is actually of Kelly at Pipe. And just showing it to like wave pool designers being like, you guys are going to try to create something like this. And like, what would that look like? What if there's like, imagine like the beast mode. I'll tell mode. you what it
0: would look like. It would look like many, many, many lawsuits.
1: Yeah. But that's what, that's the thing is like, it's, would you guys, would you create this? And if you do, like, what would it look like to try to surf this? Like, what if, what if that beast mode setting was just three times as big? I mean they proved essentially that they could do that, right? Just make a bigger pool, do whatever. Prove that like that's there. Will they ever do it? That's coming. But Sharks will work on that. That's next.
0: Oh, you know what? My my brother loves cricket. You know, have you heard of that game?
1: My brother loves cricket. You know uh, cricket? Australian yeah, I know cricket. game. It's yeah. like
0: baseball but a little bit different.
1: Takes like five days.
0: One of the best Australian cricketers ever. His name's Shane Warne and he was just a cultural icon because he uh, loved uh, cigarettes, beer and- RIP. And having affairs with women and stuff. And he was kind of chubby, which is also funny for a sportsman. Mm-hmm. He, he died Great. recently, which is really sad. He died really young. And my brother's at the Memorial right now. It's no the, way. It's um, nighttime in Melbourne. And he just texted me, Kelly Slater repping the Warney love, a video of Kelly Slater saying something about Warney.
2: Really? Yeah. That's. <laughs> We've had good times over the years laughing
0: about airplugs and uh, our over exaggerated golf skills and just life in general. And changing classics, he's a straight legend. legend
1: and uh, I was really honored to call him a friend and get to know him in the past uh, 12, 13 years. So thank you for letting me uh, say a few words and morning we miss you, we love you. Is there anybody that Kelly isn't friends with? Cause you know, a good friend over the years, <laughs> like, I wonder if there's just like one person out there where Kelly's like, "No, I never met, never met them." Wonder what they're like. <laughs> you must get to a level of fame where you could just say that about anybody and everyone just believe you. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Who would you pretend to know if you could? If you could, if you could fake it with anyone, they pass away suddenly. You're famous enough to, famous enough to fake it.
1: That's a really good question. You know, I do Laird. I just like pretend. Oh yeah,
0: that would be pretty good.
1: I don't know if you saw it when we were doing that Stab Highway California edition. One of the challenges was to hunt him down, just just find Laird and hang out with him. And a a team achieved that, which to me was incredible. I know it was one of those things where I was like, how, how did you do that? He's just sitting there at a table with them. I'm like, how did you pull this off?
0: The stories that are coming out of that latest stab highway are so fucked up. I cannot wait to see that. And I the biggest problem is that it's not going to be tomorrow or the next day because mm. they've got to tear through mm. hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. So yeah, it's coming soon, but just the little snippets we've been we've been teased so far are so funny.
1: Yeah, delayed gratification, very annoying, very inconvenient. <laughs> All right, a couple things to close us out here before we get to the surf sin. Drive through. Ep four is online, and immediately I just want to call out that last episode I mentioned Benji in a surf ranch suit, and apparently I missed a part in that episode where he just explained that he got it from them. I got called out by two different listeners, Patrick and Luke. And so I want to say thank you for that. I'm, I'm happy we're at a point where I get heckled when I get things wrong. So thank you, Patrick and Luke. But I'm also going to challenge our listeners. In episode four, there is what I'm going to claim as the most innovative hat placement wearing that I've seen in, in quite some time. It's a quick shot. And if you can find that, email me and I'll send you a prize. Email me. Oh, you, you got to be a premium subscriber, which I guess that to watch it, you have to be that. But email me your address if you find this innovative hat placement screenshot it send to me i'll give you a prize um because it's all about the little details right anyway great episode episode four have you seen it yet danny
0: no i haven't had a chance it's actually started flooding here again buck so last been turned a little upside down tell me spoil it for me ruin it for me i will
1: ruin it for you so they're still in santa cruz and you know i'm not going to spoil everything i'm just going to say it's another day in santa cruz and keep it vague it explains how griffin won the mio portugal pro all
0: right that's good i I can't wait to watch that give that
1: a watch we talked about ollie henry's stab out of the year entry last week but that is now live go watch that Mateus hurdy his stab out of the year entry is dropping by the time this goes live so keep an eye on that too he is when we did Stab High in Costa Rica, he impressed me more than anybody. Like, I don't even know how to describe his surfing. It's just, it's a different level. Every single wave seemed to me like it should have been an 8.73, if not a 10, when he landed one of those airs. But, like, he was just on a different level of a surfing than everybody else. And now that he's back from injury... I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to qualify for the CT. I'm going to say this year. That's a guarantee. Lock it in. And his edit is gnarly. He, I mean, people got a good taste of him for when he beat Toledo in the the Mexico comp last year. He's going to make the CT and he's going to fuck people up on there. Like, this kid is so good. And so watch his edit and become a fan.
0: Yeah, he's had that impression on just about everyone that has – hung with him and watched him surf regularly. And he was even in Stab Highway, USA. Do you reckon he can take down Kale for the end of the year? Gonna be tough. Gonna be tough. We'll see. It's a long year.
1: But he's a finalist for sure. And I think I'd still give it to Kale. Kale's just got a little bit more variety. And Mateus is so to be honest, I think Kale has put more time into it. But what, with what Mateus can do with a limited amount of time, and honestly, effort, is extraordinary. And like I said, guarantee CT 2023, keep an eye out for him. But watch that at first, you'll see. You won't question me. It's healing time, folks. Healing time, surf sin time, spiritual time. We've got gee, is it? Ski? guy it's gaggy 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 uh we've got a COVID theme sin right now which is COVID still happening i feel like everybody has it but nobody cares anymore it's it's a weird time this sin came from a time where COVID was more mysterious and you know nobody really knew he was gonna kill you all this and it's uh it's an interesting one as always
3: Danny and Buck, it's Geggy. Um, just got a surf in. I was in the middle of COVID and I was having a surf. Um, it's pretty crowded, pretty fun little waves. And um, I just had something in my throat and I needed to cough. So I just did a little cough. And then while I was doing that, I thought, geez, if I just lay this cough on a bit harder and thicker, I might actually get myself to line up a bit and get make a bit of room. So I just over-exaggerated my cough. I coughed a bit more than what I needed to. And yeah, just noticed that people just gave me a wide berth and moved away from me a little, which then when the next set came, I was like in the perfect spot to grab the next wave and it worked perfect. Don't know how much remorse there is, but give me my penance. Ah!
0: All right, Buck, Geggy with a pretty goddamn impressive surf scene. How do you feel about that?
1: So I remember 2020, it would have been right around now, two years ago. Longest time I haven't surfed probably since I was like 12. Two months out of the water in France because of the lockdown. And that's why like everywhere else is like, oh, lockdown, so bad, quarantine. It was like, shut up. You can leave your house. France is gnarly. You had to print and sign a form, or if you didn't have a printer, write a form out every time, you had an hour to leave your house to work out, no surfing at all. It was intense. Um, And I remember the first time that we could surf again. And after such an extreme lockdown, there was like a real, you were so weird being around like the first day there was fun little waves. So it was kind of good for everybody, right? And... I remember you just like, there was this weirdness about how close you could sit to people. You just hadn't been around that many people in a while. And you didn't really know. And you didn't know much about the disease and how it was uh, given to people. What is that called again? There's like a science word for that. Transmission. Transmission. There it is. And so I remember that first session and being kind of like afraid of people. You were like, I don't really know how this works. And so I, I, this is very believable. I don't think that he's lying about this one. But to me, it's weird that he only did it once. Like, How would you get that and like realize that that's how it works and then just do it once? That seems weird to me. What do you think?
0: Mm, yeah, it's a very powerful thing to have in the back pocket. It'd be hard not to rip it out every time you're surfing at a crowded peak. But it does it be, become the boy who cried wolf after a little while? I've met Geggy. He's a great man. And tend to think that he probably just had an awareness that if he did it all the time then people would get onto him so not sure Mm,
1: mm. okay well honestly i I like it i think i could see how it worked i i could see it's on that it's kind of like the you know our immediate hall of fame guy putting the john john stickers on a board it's one of those things that's like a clever idea that is wrong but is also really clever clever so, yeah.
0: you know what's funny is so many surf sins relate to stealing waves off mm. people or tricking, tricking in people into giving you their waves. And this is another one of those. But this is the first one that's ever resulted in biological warfare. Well, at least the potential threat of the perceived threat of biological warfare. And so I have to give it points for creativity. And what, what do you reckon, Buck? What's your penance?
1: Okay. So like I said, I like it. It's clever. I could have, if I thought of it, I probably would have done it, but it is an act of trickery and deception. Therefore it's a sin. And so my penance is next time he's really sick, like, you know, actually got an illness, do it right. You know, we're all, I think with COVID now, everybody kind of realized, Hey, when you're sick, maybe don't be around, don't just show up to work when you're horribly ill because you know, that's not a good thing to do. So don't like share a car with anybody, anything like that. But next time he's got some sort of a flu, I think he needs to force himself to surf. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it is so hard. If you try to surf when you're really sick and you just have no energy and you can't paddle, it's like, and even like a duck dive, a wave, just like a two foot wave will like rattle you to your core.
0: Yeah. Your ability to enjoy the surf is all about how much energy you have. To me, that I think that's a great penance. To me, I it made me think of those early days of the pandy where you were a little bit weird sitting people, sitting really close next to people around COVID. And I it got me thinking, do you think there was anyone, any surfer worldwide that paddled out in the surf wearing a mask?
1: I saw it. I saw it. I forget where it you was. You saw it? I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I may even hear, I did see mask guy and I kept my distance. Not because I was afraid he'd get, give me COVID because he had a fucking mask on, but because it's like this guy's unwell in some other way.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well, I didn't see it and I thought it would be quite extreme, especially the, the further the pandemic seems to be, or the peak of the pandemic at least, seems to be getting away from us. So my penance is that Geggy has to paddle out on a crowded day, minimum half an hour, wearing a mask. Ah. He's not allowed to tell people <laughs> why he's got a surf in a mask. I like that. And I he's like got to prove it, Buck. He's got to prove it. Juju came through with the incredible artistry of a poem last week. Give that a listen if you if you missed last week's show. It was it's well worth your time. Thanks, Buck, and thank you for listening. That's all we've got this week. Please send your surf in. Buck's email is in the episode description, as is mine. Buck at StabMag.com. Danny at StabMag.com. And we'll see you next week.